So that's one thing I wish I would have known earlier is like, don't stop, just see it through. It takes longer than people, you know, want to make it out to. I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker, and blogger. And you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready to Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies, and real life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to let you know about something brand new that I've created called the Wedding Pro Agency. I don't know about you, but life as a solo business owner can be so busy and you just don't have the time to do all of the things. Well, I'm a big fan of outsourcing the tasks that you don't necessarily need to do yourself. And that is why I created the Wedding Pro Agency. With the Wedding Pro Agency, you can hand off some of your tasks to my team and we will do it for you for a really affordable rate. From managing your social media posts through to your Pinterest management and even one-off tasks like creating you a mailing list or creating you a lead magnet or something like that that you can use for a wedding fair or exhibition. If there's something you need a little bit of extra help with in your wedding business, reach out to me and let me know. You can find us at weddingproagency.co.uk or just reach out directly to me at Becca Poutney on Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Today, I'm talking to Emily Lee from Web Design Company by Emily Jane. Emily is based in Dallas in Texas and specializes in creating custom websites for wedding pros. As a former photographer, she understands the wedding industry and also knows how hard it is to create a website that stands out and gets you potential couples. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Becca. I'm super happy to be here. Emily, I love it when I have guests from the other side of the world because I just think it's amazing when we can connect. So you're based in Dallas. Have you ever been to the UK? I haven't. I want to so bad, though. Oh, come on over. And if you come, come over and let's go for a drink in London. That'll be fun. Sounds great. I have been to Texas, but only for one evening. So we flew into Texas when we were on our way to Alabama. I stayed one night in a hotel and left the next morning. So all I experienced in Texas was one trip to Chili's. Mm, well, Chili's is pretty iconic for, for this area. <laughs> So hopefully I'll make it back to Texas at another point. So Emily, today we're going to be talking all things websites, which I know is a subject that some of my wedding pros really struggle with. So we're going to cover all sorts of areas. But before we get into the detail, I would love to know, how did you get into doing websites for wedding pros specifically? And tell us a bit more about that journey from being a photographer to where you are now. So I would say that my interest in the wedding industry probably stems back from my best friend since high school. She always knew she wanted to be a wedding planner, so she was talking about it all the time. Her mom planned weddings too, so I learned a lot about the wedding industry from her, and then around the time... I always knew I wanted to be a photographer, and around the time I started developing a photography business after high school, she actually ended up planning my wedding. So all of these things just kind of combined and made me even more interested in the wedding industry. And so I was dipping my toe into photographing weddings and I was learning so much about it. And then I realized that my body wasn't going to be able to handle it, unfortunately. So I had to start thinking about what can I do that's going to be less physically demanding. And so that's when I pivoted into web design and I kind of just fell into that accidentally Because of, you know, having a photography business, you have to create your own website. So it was something I knew how to do. From there, it just developed. And I started 
really focusing on those services. And the more that I worked with different types of businesses, I could clearly see that there was a difference in my energy level, my creativity, how well I understood the businesses when I was working with someone in the wedding industry, like another photography business or a florist or something like that. I just, I did better work because I understood it so much more and it creatively fueled me a lot more. So that's kind of what I decided to niche down on. Awesome. So obviously over the years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of different wedding pro websites from a lot of different people. So what are the mistakes that you are seeing people making all of the time? One of the big ones is that I can't even find your website. So part of that has to do with, is it popping up on Google, which we can get into a little bit more later if we want. But another thing is like, so probably all wedding (laughs) vendors at this point, or the vast majority of them are using Instagram, right? But when I go to their Instagram profile, if there's no link to their website, I I find that mind blowing because to me, that's the whole point of your website is that's the, that's the kind of like end goal that all of your marketing efforts should be leading them back to that. So that's one thing I see a lot still, believe it or not. And even when you have a link tree page, if you have all these different links that they can go to, there's still a lot of times I don't see anywhere where it says visit the website or see our homepage or something like that. So I would say that's the first big mistake is that I can't even find your website. I would have to like go and search for it and hope that I can find it. When we get to the website itself, I would say a lot of times people aren't giving any information or reason as to why someone should choose you over all the other people in your category. It's more just like, oh, I'm someone who can take photos for you. Okay, great. (laughs) It's like, that's not, you're not giving me much here because there are so many photographers and it's the same for every, you know, vendor type. So that's another big mistake that I see is like, just, you know, give me something else. Give me what's your specialty. Do you have a niche? Is, is there a certain location that you're, that you're servicing? I would say another one is that a lot of times we don't see any instructions on how do I actually work with you. And I don't know about you, but whenever I've tried to hire someone in the past, if they don't tell me how to, like what that step is to actually start the conversation with them, I just get annoyed and give up and go somewhere else. So it may seem really obvious because you're running the business and you're like, well, they just need to, you know, submit my contact form and then we'll get the ball rolling. But if you don't spell that out for people, a lot of the times they just, they won't be sure. If you're giving them a lot of different forms of contact, they may not know which one you prefer and they may be a little bit too scared to take the next step. Or maybe you're not giving them (laughs) contact information so they don't know where to go from here. So it's all about making things really, really, really like dumbed down and just as clear as possible. And do you think you should be putting those call to actions on all pages of your site? Should you be telling people everywhere what they should do next? Yes, absolutely. So a really easy way to implement this is just put it in the footer of your site. So at the bottom of every single page, there's some kind of button that stands out and it says reach out to get started or something like that. Contact us today. And that can either be a direct link to open up an email that they can send, or it could link to your contact page where you give them further detailed instructions. Like here's what's going to happen after you reach out. You can expect a response within this time. 
Maybe we're going to have a consultation, something like that. But yes, on every page, it's great to have it if you can. One at the very top, maybe somewhere in the middle of the page, and then at the bottom. Okay, so we know that people get confused. The other thing I see on loads of wedding business websites is that they all look the same. So are there ways that we can get people to stand out from the crowd so they don't just look like the same bland brand that every other wedding business has? Oh my goodness, I agree. (laughs) That is a big thing. Yeah, because the whole goal here is to stick in people's minds because there is so much competition. And so one easy way I think is to include a photo of yourself or your team again on every page not just your about page because some people will never click on your about page so if we can see who you are whether that's you know headshot or behind the scenes photo of you on the on site whatever it is it really helps us feel more comfortable with you to start the conversation but also psychologically for whatever reason it's just more memorable than all of like being inundated with wedding photos constantly and so since we're seeing wedding photos all the time sometimes we can't even remember you know whose photos is attached to whose brand but having your face out there is such a huge part of your brand that let's get into like branding in general any way that you can start from a really good foundation and create a brand identity then that's going to help you stand out. So you want to start by thinking about who exactly you're trying to reach and be as specific as possible. You can think about the personality type that you work well with and then create visuals and words that you know will speak to that personality type. And that's really a way to cut through the noise. Okay, so bring yourself and your brand to the forefront of your website so that you're not bland like everybody else. It's much better to niche down, right, and to stand out from the crowd rather than just be one of everyone. Okay, so if people are listening to this and they're thinking, okay, my website's a bit bland or I don't think my website's doing the job, what are some of the changes people could be making? Have you got simple changes people could be making over the next couple of weeks just to level up their website? Yeah, a huge one is your photos. So if you haven't updated your photos in a while, obviously that's an easy thing to fix. But instead of just putting your most recent work out there, take a look at what photos you're presenting as a whole and are they cohesive? Are they telling the same story? Are they in line with the niche that you want to be into, the people that you want to attract? For example, if you want to be known for beach weddings or if that's something that you have been doing a lot of and you think you can keep going with that and and, uh, stay fulfilled in that direction, then don't show these like (laughs) completely different style of weddings on your homepage and your services page. Make sure that it's all consistent so that people, again, this is a really great way to um, stand out from the crowd. If you're showing a huge variety of work, people won't really remember it that well and they won't really know what exactly you're great at. Is there a simple way to make your website run faster? Definitely. So you can reduce the size of your images. If you are using Photoshop, you can do it there. Or there is tinyjpeg.com where you can do that for free. But not uploading these huge files to your website straight from the photographer that are like 10,000 pixels wide or something. That's the biggest culprit of a slow website. 
having a slow website is bad for user experience, but also bad for, you know, your points with Google, because they're going to pick up on that as well. Okay, so images are an important one. So we can be changing out our images, but we can also be making sure our images are smaller. So there's definitely some work that you guys can be doing around images on your website. Now, Emily, I heard you on another podcast and you gave some really great tech tips, especially around um, what to do about broken links and error pages. Would you share that with my wedding pros? Yeah, for sure. So the thing about broken links is they're kind of unavoidable, especially the longer that your website is on online. It's, but you know, if you're using Pinterest or getting PR out there, and if you ever change the URL to one of your pages, then one of those links on maybe a publication you've been featured on or on Pinterest or something may no longer be the correct link. So a safe backup here is to have a custom error page which is called an error 404 page. You've, we've all seen them. It's the really ugly page that comes up when you click on a broken link. And everyone has one by default, but it really just looks like, you know, there's no brand to it. It, it looks like a mistake. So there's something you can do about that to control the experience that people have when they click on a broken link to your website. You can create a custom error page, which it's gonna be different for every platform but I would just Google how to do that. And every platform has that capability. And then you can, you know, add your personality to it. You can give a cute little greeting. It can be something really clever, like, whoops, this page has eloped, for example, so that it at least gives people a little chuckle. And then you can give them, you can direct them to more content on your site. You can give them a search bar to find what they were looking for. And then you could say like, here's some blog posts that you can check out or view our services here, stuff like that. So that way you're still giving an elevated experience even when there's a mistake that's been made. I think that's a really cool tip. It's something I didn't know about. I just assumed you had to have the standard error 404 page that's really ugly. So can you change the colors of that? Can you literally make it a web page like you would any other web page? Absolutely, yeah. It's totally custom, so you can make it as big or as small as you want add all of your colors and you can add a photo of yourself if you want to. Yeah. Amazing. That's definitely a tip that I'm going to be taking away and going to change because inevitably with both my wedding blog and my website, I definitely have got broken links out there somewhere. And as a big lover of Pinterest, I've got a lot of stuff on Pinterest as well. So I'm going to be changing my error 404 page. And if you're listening to this, there's one task for you to add to your to-do list as well. Now talk to me as well about these browser icons. Every website platform, I'm talking about WordPress, Showit, Squarespace, they typically have a, an, a default little icon that shows up at the top of the browser tab when you're on someone's website. And if you don't go in and replace that, then it can just look like, you know, it's not as custom. And so again, this is something that it's going to be different for every platform, but you can totally go in and replace that with like a little submark version of your logo or something like that. It's good to have, make sure that it's like a square. So like 50 pixels by 50 pixels is perfect. And that's just another way to add a nice little custom touch. Because again, we really want your branding to be in the forefront here to make your business look more credible 
And also, you know, the, the more expensive you can look, the more you can command high prices, which we all want. <laughs> yeah. And I think as well, trust is such an important element of the buying process. So for someone to find us online and then buy from us, they really do need to trust us. And sometimes it is those little things like seeing the little icon or my worst one is if I go on someone's website and it says like on the top, made by Wix or something like that, where they've oh, yeah. just got the free website <laughs> version or their email address is their business name at hotmail.com. All of those things to me are signals that maybe this business isn't legitimate. Maybe I can't trust these people as much. So those small changes make a big difference to how much people trust you, right? Yeah. And, you know, another big part of that that I haven't mentioned is how your website looks across different devices. So if you've only ever focused on designing your website on desktop, then you may not be aware of how poor it's performing on mobiles on your phone. So, you know, just you always want to check that it looks good across different devices because you may have created this great experience in one place that isn't translating across other devices. And most web platforms let you look at what it looks like on website and mobile, don't they? Yes. And nowadays, I think all of them are letting you edit them completely separately. So if you need to make minor adjustments, you can. So that one is a little bit different than the other. But again, that's just really important for all of us who are using Instagram and then linking back to our website. People are going to be on their phones. And nowadays it's like over half of website traffic is on it on is people on their phones at any given time. So super important to pay attention to that too. I think sometimes when it's our own business, we end up not being able to see the wood from the trees because we're in it all of the time. We're on our websites all of the time and we don't see what other people are seeing. Do you recommend people get other people to look at their websites? Is that a service you provide or you just recommend people get their friends and family to look over their website and their customer journey? Yeah. So right now I'm actually doing website reviews on Instagram. I'll probably continue to do that. So if you want to have me look at your website, I totally can. But it is definitely a good idea to have different people look at it because I remember before I really got into website design and I was just trying to make my photography website look decent back in the day, I messed with that thing for hours and hours and hours and still could not figure out why it didn't look quite right. So it's exactly what you said. Sometimes we're just too close to it and we've been staring at it for too long. So if you have a, another creative friend, that can be super helpful to have them look it over. Yeah. And if you are listening to this and you're in my Wedding Pro Members Lounge, then just share the link in there because people will give you some feedback as well, some peer-to-peer -peer feedback too. Okay, right at the beginning of this episode, we very slightly started talking a little bit about SEO and being found on Google. Now, we could do a whole episode on SEO alone, but I know that some wedding pros are struggling with the fact that they've got these beautiful websites, they've got these great Instagram pages, and yet they're just nowhere to be seen on Google. So do you have any simple, actionable things they can be doing to try and get found on Google, even just for what they do and the location where they're based? I will say there's like two phases of SEO. So one is like laying the foundation, which probably won't get you very far on its own, but it's still very important and pretty easy to, to get right. So the next phase is like the ongoing stuff. And that's where something like blogging is golden. Um, so I will say that you want to get the foundation right. And we can talk about some really easy ways to do that real quick. But just keep in mind that 
blog whenever you can about relevant things that you think your ideal clients would find useful. And that's going to propel you forward a lot farther. Even if it's like once every other month, just go ahead and do it. But so as far as that foundation goes, there are about four keywords that I often see missing a lot. And it's just basic information that Google and humans need to know about your business um, in order for them to be able to find your website on Google. So one is your business name because you may think, well, I don't need to actually write my business name because it's in my logo, but Google can't read your logo. They just see it as an image file. So you definitely want to have your business name written out. And that goes the same for your personal name. Some people aren't going to know your business name if it's not the same as your personal name, but they're going to be searching under your name on Google for your business. So that's another thing you want to put your whole name on every page if you can, but at least on your about page. Another one is, of course, your location, because most, you know, wedding businesses are very location based. And if you're not just servicing one location, it's still helpful to get more clients if you can go ahead and put your where you're located. And then you can go ahead and say like, and beyond, or also, you know, we travel or whatever, just to let people know that you do that. But let's see. So the last one would be what you do. (laughs) Seems again, really obvious, right? But there are, I cannot tell you how many of these website reviews like that I mentioned that I do where all all of these things are missing because we, again, we're too close to it. We don't notice that it's missing. And so just tell People tell Google on your website the service you offer, and that's a really easy way to um, help yourself show up on Google more. And then let's see. So another thing that you can do is, like I mentioned earlier, checking on your mobile website. So part of that is for user friendliness, right? Because of course we want people to have a great experience on the site, but part of that is for Google because they can also kind of they can they're getting smarter and smarter of being able to tell if a website is functioning properly on mobile like for example if there are elements that are too close together or overlapping or if there's a pop-up that you can't quite exit out of they can pick up on these things now so you can actually google mobile friendly test and google will just have this little bar here where you type in your website and then it tells you it gives you a score on your mobile friendliness. And then it tells you what mistakes they picked up and that'll tell you quickly some things that you can go in and fix, which is really cool. That's awesome. I will put a link to that tool in the show notes as well. Now you talked a little bit about blogging. If anyone needs some help with blogging, go back and listen to episode eight of this podcast where I did a whole podcast episode on blogging. Are there any other things people should be doing ongoing to try and build on their SEO? They've got the foundations in place. Are backlinks still important? Absolutely. Yeah. So anytime that you, I almost think like getting PR or getting featured in publications online is more about the SEO than it is the actual like, you know, visibility factor. Those are so powerful. So if you can get featured somewhere, Google already, you know, knows that this is a a website that has to do with the wedding industry. And then they're going to there's going to be a link back to your website so they're going to be like, "Oh, okay, so this is kind of like proof that this business is an authority in the wedding industry." And, you know, it starts to build this web. So the more of those links that you can get, the more authority you have on Google, and they're going to start recommending you to people who are looking for wedding services. 
it feels like such a minefield, doesn't it, when it comes to websites? There, people get overwhelmed because they're thinking, I just want to be making flowers or making cakes or taking photos. I don't want to be doing all of this other stuff. Out of all of those things, is there anyone that's more of a priority or does they just need to be doing a little bit of everything? My opinion on this is do a little bit of everything, do all the easy stuff. So that way you are, you know, you have your SEO foundation, you have your website looks pretty nice, your your photos are up to date, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect at all, but you do need to bring people to your website somehow. And then when they get there, you need to hold their attention somehow. And then you need to send them over so that they can turn to your contact page so that they can actually turn into a lead. So all of those things are equally important. Unfortunately, one without the other just doesn't work for your business. So that's why I say just focus on the easy stuff and then, you know, you can build from there. It does not have to be perfect. That's a good reminder. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just build and build and do a little bit all of the time to keep improving that customer journey. Now, I know that you've prepared or you've got a bit of a freebie that we're going to give away to listeners of the podcast. So do you want to just tell people a little bit about what that is and how they can get it? Yeah, so I have a resources page on my website and hopefully there's something there for everyone. But I do have this website floor plan for wedding pros, which is basically a blueprint that I recommend for, it works for most wedding service providers. This is what I do when I'm building websites for people. So it has an outline of the exact pages that you need and what needs to go on each page, as well as like what happens if you, you know, if you need more pages than that, like where do you, where do you put all this information that needs to go on your website so that it's really easy for people to consume and go down that buying path. Great. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I need to work on my website. I need to look into those things. Then do go and grab that resource. I will put the link to it underneath in the show notes. Or if you can't find it, just drop me a message or Emily a message on Instagram. I'm sure we'll be happy to send you the link to that. Now, Emily, I always end all of my podcast episodes with the same question, which I'm going to put to you now, which is what one thing do you wish you'd known sooner in business? Okay, so this is a tough pill to swallow. But I wish I had known how long it takes to get the ball rolling. Like, don't expect results right away and don't let that make you give up. So basically, it's like the marketing and networking thing. For so long, I would just like try it for a while and then I wouldn't get the results I would want it and then I would stop or completely switch gears. And it's like, no, I should have just kept going, kept going, kept going. And then the results come in due time. So that's one thing I wish I would have known earlier is like, don't stop, just see it through. It takes longer than people, you know, want to make it out to. Yes, that's such a good reminder. And I'm saying that to people all of the time because they come to me and they're like, I'm doing all the things and it's not working. And I say, just keep doing all the things because if you keep doing all the things, it will start working. So that's a really Mm -hmm. great tip, Emily. Thank you for sharing. Emily, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. If people want to find out more about your services or more about you, where's the best place for them to go? So I'm always hanging out on Instagram at by Emily Jane if you want to hang out with me there. And my website is byemilyjane.com where you can learn all about me and my services and get some of those free goodies. Fabulous. Thank you for your time. And if you're ever in the UK, let me know and we'll go for a drink. Awesome. Thanks, Becca. Such a great chat with Emily. Always helpful to get advice around your website. And hopefully you've got some good things to take away from today's episode. If you need help with any of those things, do reach out to me and do take a look in the show notes where I link to everything that we talked about in today's episode. I'll be back next week. 